I'll steal you. Do they think that walls can hide you? Even now I'm at your window. I am softly there beside you, Joanna. I'll steal you, Joanna. I feel you. Sweeney Todd. Bravo. Thank you. Unfortunately, not one that I've gotten to yet. Unfortunately? Yeah, I mean, I like that that musical a lot. Sing me another number. Uh, hmm. Oh. These are my night, or my friends, my <laughs> secret friends. You shall drip rubies. Do you know it? <laughs> I'm, I, I don't imagine know it's an I know old those play, are the lyrics, but, but do you know it because of the Giant Depp movie? Yes. That's the only reason you know That's it? That's the only reason. Is that? I mean, it is, is it older than that. It, I, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if it came out during the time of like Phantom. Oh, like, right. Because Phantom's old, right? Phantom is pretty old. But not like super old. Probably like a hundred years, I would say. It's pretty fucking old. I mean, that is old. There were slaves around. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. That is pretty weird. Wait, 1920s? There weren't slaves. Wait. No, there were no slaves during Phantom of the Opera. Okay, That's... never mind. <laughs> black, black people didn't have a good chance, though. Black people still probably weren't were barred from going to see it. So. Yeah. To the cinemas? Yeah, to the cinemas. Well, today we're on cinema because we got a cinema episode. It's been a while, and I think during the quarantine, I think all we've had to do was just be at home and chill and uh, watch some movies. Some películas. Yes. Well, so we're on cinema with TWB. We're on the boulevard, we're as you can say. <laughs> we're about to meet some celebrities on the boulevard. Yeah, it's great. It's been a while since we've had a film episode. It has. And I think quarantine just gives us all the more excuse to watch a lot of movies. Absolutely. Um, I think we started our film night basically when quarantine had started. Yeah. Because we couldn't go out and we were like, shit, well, what do we do then? And at that point, you were barely getting into, or not barely getting into, but starting to watch more Lynch. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, here's Maholan, here's Firewalk, here's The Return. Yeah. just took it from there. Well, I think the return set it off really from absolutely that part. Yeah, because I kept telling you, finish the old season, and then once you get to this, you're going to be so thankful. Yeah, and sure enough, look at you. Yeah. Look at you now. <laughs> I'm a regular little Lynchian boy. Exactly. I'm a regular uh, old timey Lynch. <laughs> well, so Eric's starting to get into Lynch now. Oh, absolutely. I have. Uh, I had the whole Lynch mob ready queued up <laughs> in my house. Gorillas of the Apes or Planet <laughs> of the Apes. No, yeah, I just finished Blue Velvet the other day. I finished Lost Highway last night. Nice. I started off with Firewalk with me, of course, finished all the Twin Peaks, season one and two. Have you gotten a copy of The Return yet? From Not yet. Not yet. Not That's, yet. I'm going to wait for you, either one of you guys to finish it first, and then I'll... I should be done pretty soon, actually. Gonna, I think I need three more. <laughs> I think I need, like, three more episodes, but... Nice. It's, um, it's such a... It's not really a trial to get through, but it definitely does take... Uh, is it emotionally taxing? It kind of is. And especially because when you, f- upon first viewing, the editing kind of might happening. be kind of um, distracting, I would say. Yeah. Because it jumps around a lot. But the episodes are all long. Y- exactly. Like, like hour and a half. Yeah. Oh. The yeah. whole thing, I think, is 18 hours, pretty much. Sheesh. So 
And there's 18 episodes. 18 episodes, so it makes sense. I mean, it's kind of, it's very similar to just a very long film. Like, yeah. there, it was meant to be played in a way when you put the discs in, you just put, like, play all parts and it just goes into Let's each other. Okay. So it's pretty nice. I like it. But, um, yeah. Other than that, we started with Lynch. Mm-hmm. I barely started recording the movies I've been watching. I should have been doing it right at the start. I know. I just started thinking that too. Well, you got me to start doing that now. Totally. Because <clears throat> uh, Josh gave me this idea of like, after watching a movie, writing down your thoughts immediately right oh, after yeah, absolutely. viewing absolutely. it. Absolutely. Only yeah. so like you can, you might be able to see it in a different light and stuff. So I started doing that um, last month and I recorded everything that I saw in uh in august so what's your what were your august watch what were your Let top five august watch well my do you hear that baby uh no I, I i hear a baby okay creepy that was one of them that was one of the movies i watched it's very good <laughs> uh yeah so creepy uh which is by this guy um what's his name kurosawa kurosawa sorry but he's the other kurosawa the uh is related to I don't think they're related, but let me see. Sorry. I always forget his name. Kiyoshi Kurosawa is his name. No relation? I don't believe so. Huh. I mean, he could just have the same. Oh, yeah. Not related to director Akira Kurosawa. That's probably a a common question. (laughs) Very common. He's like, shut up. No, I'm not that (laughs) guy. But horror, I assume? Yes. It's a horror movie. Uh, It's a very interesting film. It's about this guy who basically, he's a detective. He, in the beginning, is interrogating this, uh, this serial killer who abruptly kills himself in like the first five minutes the serial killer with by first taking another life with him and this detective is supposed to be like a um what do you call them uh the guys who like try and try and calm down situations like hostage hostage negotiator negotiator, Yeah. yeah so he's trying to find these bodies or whatever and he's he's interrogating the serial killer and the serial killer escapes in the police headquarters and then kills himself so that's how it starts And then a year later, he's moved away from that city. He's become a professor instead who teaches like um, criminal history, basically. And the neighborhood that he moves in, his wife is like a real pupil person. So she goes around giving chocolates to her neighbors just to introduce themselves. And then one house they go to, the no one comes out the first day. And so they're just like, oh, that's weird. So then she decides to go back the next day. And then you meet the antagonist who is this like, dwarfish uh sort of golem looking japanese man who is living in the next door house with his daughter and he just looks extremely creepy like that when you first see him you see you could see why the movie's called this mm. and it just proceeds to you know like a common trope in horror films obviously is like the couple who meets this stranger or the stranger comes into their lives and then reveals like rifts in their own relationship turns out there's like horror uh elements that are you know lingering throughout to go to the climax i won't spoil it but it is a very very cool film oh yeah called creepy and it's I'm on prime right now the, uh, so add that to the october list you better i told myself oh, yeah, i'm saving right. all the i'm all the horror movies i'm saving all the horror movies like there's so many i've been wanting to see that have just been popping up and again i'm just like just save it hell just, yeah although i did try to watch uh martyrs yesterday the remake for everybody the, the remake? why yeah. don't you tell them what you know 
what that is. Martyrs is this crazy French movie um, that I forget what the actual plot is about, but I just remember it has to do with going to the extreme point of pain to witness God, something like that. The plot is... Oh, go for it. It's uh, it's like what this begins with like this uh, woman uh, ambushes his house, but the whole main plot is that there's like a death cult. Yeah. That... Uh, pushes these people to the point to the brink of death so that they get like enlightened right and they see the other side yes Mm -hmm. incredible it's a great movie it is very very good and i mean it it starts off extremely brutal in the beginning see i remember that but then this one just started off so dull and it was really slow i got to probably it it was actually only an hour and a half movie horrendous and i got to maybe about a half hour and nothing had still happened maybe one little jump scare but it's uh-huh. not even a jump scare movie right it's more of like a it's more of a cerebral no, horror cerebral like, gore yeah like definitely horror gore. thriller as well thriller yeah, yeah. because this, it switches uh protagonist in yeah. like the middle of the film right so i mean that's what, that's what i remember it being really weird too yeah it's weirdly edited and put together mm-hmm. um but the new one was remake i should say was uh garbage so <laughs> you're not watching that october but i will be watching the OG version of Mars. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. That's, oh, a yeah. Good, that's a good one. I'm going to so, watch that one as well. Yeah. Um, another one I watched was The Gift, which I had never seen before, but oh, yeah. is a very, uh, it's not bad. It's uh, Joel Edgerton, that mm-hmm. guy who um, he comes out also in uh, It Comes at Night, which was like a pretty popular horror film that came out through A24. But um, he's also done, He this was his directorial debut and he wrote the film, I believe. And it has to deal with this guy who's just like, again, uh, plaguing a couple, revealing the deep rifts in their relationship, but also revealing how much, like, the extent to which bullying, especially, just like, (laughs) creates this sort of genealogical trauma. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't end the way you would expect. There's a lot of good twists in it. Uh, it does use some, it, it, it goes into some really risky territory, I would say. Although I think the idea of that risky territory is more horrific than the actual action that takes place, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's it's meant to get in your head a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Joel Edgerton is the star in it, as well as Jason Bateman, who does a really good job. I forget the the woman's name I who's in Re- it. Rebecca Hall, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think. Maybe. So. Um, but. I should have had these open already because it would have been so much easier. But anyway, it's a good movie. Uh, it's a thriller, I would say, more so than anything. But it's like well worth uh, the payoff. It's a slow burn. Slow burn for sure. Love a good slow burn. Definitely. Uh, why don't you guys go? Eric? Sure. Uh, I was gonna, I'm going to start with the top one on my list. And it is a little movie called uh, Coherence. And this mm. one is... A, Became a. I keep seeing that pop up on, it's on my. It's on Amazon feed. Prime. Okay, it's, yeah, that's why. It's really. Have you guys heard of that one before? No. It's really well worth it. It's uh, I think the directorial debut of someone named James Ward Burkett. Okay. But okay, the premise is, and it's an independent, very low budget movie, mm-hmm. but it's just paced well, acted well, and it's just about these group of friends get together for a dinner party, uh, during the uh, anniversary of a uh, like a comet passing over. Oh, interesting. And what winds, up ha- what winds up happening at this dinner party, they start sharing the story about the last time the comet passed, which was like 70-something years ago. And they said something weird happened uh, where, where like someone claimed that their loved one wasn't their loved one and that they, they don't know this, who this person is. And that person wound up, wound up killing their partner, but it's claiming mm-hmm. that this isn't, this isn't my, my loved one. Like, I don't know who this is. Sounds Lovecraftian. So 
what what winds up happening when the comet passes, they all leave the house to go, uh, you know, like check it out. Mm -hmm. And pretty much what ends up happening is that it's like a it's like a like a multi universe kind of opens up, and things just get switched around. It's really really insanely done well done i like the story it's it's really really good it's it's very like uh what's the word um like what am i what, what am i looking for it's like uh in one in one it, they use they utilize one area and one set very well where it makes it seem like there's you're going through multiple spaces different spaces oh interesting it's really good i would highly recommend giving that a look. nice and it's on okay. uh, amazon it's on amazon prime Dope. That's oh yeah the last time i saw it We'll add that dope. to the list too. Definitely. I think that was twenty thirteen. Would you say it's a horror movie? Say, or? It's a psychological thriller. Probably. Okay, psychological, psychological thriller. thriller for sure. Hey, those are good for October. Throw too. The, yeah, throw them in the pile. Yeah, throw. <laughs> just throw it in there. Throw it in there. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Do you have one? Uh, well, I was on a big Safety Rose phase. There's I was going to say that too. This entire quarantine, I don't know how many times I probably watched Uncut <laughs> and uh, I mean, spoke about the, that movie at nauseum. To the point where we can just quote it effortlessly. The entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there was one night where we were all hanging out just throwing Howie quotes and yeah. random yes. quotes in each other. And I was like, this needs to stop. Just a became bit. a modge modgepodge of fucking Howie and uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, I'm yes, sorry. Yassi. Yes. <laughs> everybody in the fucking movie. KG. KG fucking uh, Damani. Damani. Not, not everybody on Damani time see <laughs> Fucking, once you uh, once you start get the movie in my head i just want to shout it totally moment. yeah you just want to um, shout everything arno uh yeah guys. where's the money now howie howie where's the money now see what i start why did i even bring up the movie uh, you know i i think <laughs> that movie really kind of set the tone for 2020 especially oh, yeah. because it came out during that like we saw it right Dude, when it yeah. moved down that was the first movie i saw of 2020 actually yeah. And we got to see it in theater. Like, I think that was like the only film. That was also the last movie the I movie saw. Movie I saw in theater. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. I don't and know then um, we, when we saw that, I remember I was kind of like, like it was good, of course. Yeah. But and it, I enjoyed I, I, but it. The, but the same, I always the same response I hear out of everybody. I was like, oh man, I had anxiety that whole time. In the Absolutely. Movie, so like, I couldn't even enjoy it. And I was like, dude, I get the anxiety because like watching that movie, especially in the big screen, you're just oh, yes. like, yes, so much. Okay, like where, where's this going? Like, <laughs> totally. What's happening exactly. right now? But I love that about it. It's like yeah. you feel an emo the same emotion from start to finish. Like that opening sequence of them in the. The mind, so yeah. Just like, totally. What is this movie again? What am I watching? <laughs> I thought this was in New York, like, but I did not it expect just it to sets start the tone like that. Like that. Yeah, um, that's what. Yeah, but I, I think upon multiple viewings, you start to notice all the little like Absolutely. that. It's a gem, literally the little gems that are just scattered throughout that film Absolutely. that are amazing to yes. like behold again, and just the dialogue. The, this is so character. The feeling of 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 neorealism in it in a sense that like this is a real life that is played out somewhere on the streets of new york in the diamond yeah. district with the guy like howie ratner <laughs> i mean the name itself is just perfect yeah it's uh, everything about it is very funny and flawlessly done but Flawless. um i was going to talk about actually heaven knows what since we all three well, of us saw that yeah. yeah that's where i was going uh, for, uh and that was our uh, one of uh my august watches as well actually yeah. we i mean we saw good time as well i mean it's been a whole safety bro so it really right has. i probably i can't i don't know how many times i've watched Goldman versus silverman too so, yes. which i highly recommend for you the oh, listeners if they've not out. heard it yeah, yeah it's the short a short they did with uh adam sandler and benny safety oh nice. and it's it's just uh, it's basically <laughs> adam sandler being like the those guys oh okay those tourist traps yeah and Street benny yeah. benny's the silver man and he just comes and just starts taunting him <laughs> through his performance it's really fucking it's good. very good yeah 
Um, but yeah, heaven knows what is the Safdie bros. Like not, it's one of their first, you know, like feature length films, I guess, or like more well-known films. Yeah. Uh, more well, bigger production, I guess for that one. Absolutely. Has to deal with a woman named Ariel Holmes, who, uh, was a drug addict and actually wrote her own biography. And basically the Safdie bros ended up meeting her and were really interested in her story. So you saw her like passing on a bus or something. Th- I mean, dude, those guys have a knack for just, just seeing, seeing people. people. Yeah, seeing their story in just one like one brief character. encounter. Ex- exactly. And um, because of that, they wanted her to basically they they used her treatment of her life as the script, basically as a skeleton of the script, and then wanted her to play herself in those moments that she had that she wrote about yeah um also starring uh what's his name caleb landry caleb landry jones as Ilya, which is her drug addicted boyfriend and i think the beauty of that film really comes from like the characters and absolutely just everything they interact it just like it feels like that neoliberal realism you were talking about it just feels like you're actually watching somebody who just placed a camera or like a secret camera somewhere. And these are the conversations that shooting they shooting from afar, be having. but with like really good lenses. Yeah, so you yeah. get like the tension of seeing a group of people. Like if you were walking down the streets of downtown LA or even Absolutely. New York and just like, what the hell is going on over there? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a, a lot of the way they filmed it. They don't close their sets or they don't have any closed streets. They just go exactly. out. And, like you said, get really like a gorilla high style. It's absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, What's so I think what's so amazing about that film specifically dealing with the topic like a drug addiction which and is love. and love which I mean they they swap themes throughout the film codependency the entire oh, yeah. way yeah I mean love and addiction are simultaneously Simul- existing at the yeah. same time and when she, you know Ariel can't get one drug she goes for the love drug which mm-hmm. gets her addicted and gives her the same sort of withdrawals but what's interesting about it i was noticing is that like especially how character driven it is the the um the background is tuned out a lot to the point where you forget that they're in new york existing around millions of people all the time but that just also speaks to how much people don't give a shit about people like people them. like them yeah like drug addicts we, yeah. there's no help for them they just kind of are invisible they're just, ghosts they're phantoms in this area that they've harbored their yeah entire lives i mean think about the opening scene where she want well, the opening scene but the credit the opening credits where she cuts herself like it takes so long for somebody to actually come pick her up and, and people are, are just passing by while this poor woman's exactly. bleeding out it's it's insane and the fact that like she's in a fucking um in a library in the beginning telling her boyfriend Ilya that while he's just listening to Burzum or whatever <laughs> and telling him like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Like you're saying this out loud and like no one around there is going to be like, uh, and then he assaults okay? her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he leaves her in the hospital. I yeah. mean, the, the whole movie is just one terrible sort of existence, but filled with these moments of love, you know, that is very, very harsh and uh realistic i would say mm-hmm. and that's another one of those films that like after a few viewings you start to see the more humorous parts about it absolutely yeah because yeah, i <laughs> i watched it with uh, your sister and we were i was like oh this movie's funny and she was like that was just sad like <laughs> why did you you think this movie's funny and I was like yeah i was like buddy duress his character is so good mike the, he's the drug dealer yes he's buddy duress amazing. is amazing i wish buddy was in uncut i know he would have given perfectly, him yeah. some small part 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's so oh, good in good time. Oh, so in heaven knows what, Scully was my favorite. Even though he was in there for such a little bit of time, he yes. yeah, Scully rules. was yes. just hilarious. I don't want to go nowhere. Necro. Yeah. Necro, yeah. He's yeah. one of my favorite character uh, actors in the Safties. Right? He's in good time as yeah. well. Basically playing yeah. the same guy. I'm going to go get with Tasha. <laughs> um, basically playing the same guy, which is hilarious. Yeah, he's like too. moved on up in a good time, but he's an enforcer. His yeah. persona, like he might not be an an actor, but I just think he's just playing he's himself. Charismatic. He's just, just you know, he seems like he's person. playing himself. Like that's yeah. how, that's how I imagine him in real life. I'm sure anything. that's probably how he is. Yeah. He's just turning it up, and yeah. like that's what makes him so yeah so menacing because of his overwhelming presence, because of how big he is, but also because of he's just a good. A- he's just like wired into the scene. He's yeah, like, right there. I'm gonna go to the bank. I'm gonna get with Tasha. I'm gonna go to the BX. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I mean, heaven knows what really just delves into that sort of like in a Paul Schrader kind of way into the the subculture of society. You know, like yeah. the unknown in a sense. Mm-hmm. And there is a Scorsese influence, I would say, too. There, sort of dirty New York uh, state of living or mm-hmm. state of mind. You know, yeah sort of grungy new york yeah and um but that's what i mean again what's so great about that film is because it's character driven the characters inform upon the landscape rather than landscape informing upon the characters you know Mm -hmm. you get a real sense of new york from their bodies from their expressions from their dialogue rather than here's the empire state building they're a product we film the next to that or something they're a product of that mass of their environment environment yeah the big parks the cold weather absolutely there's never a scene in fucking like uh, Times Square or something. No. Like you never see shit like that. Whereas you would see that in another, you know, yeah. New York feature, I when guess. Those, those big, big budget movies. Exactly. Statue of Liberty or something. Yeah. And that got me thinking about like, because you were talking about the idea of like movies set in LA as compared to movies set in New York. Right. And kind of the differences between them. And I do feel like New York has this very grounded street level sort of uh, way they film, whereas L.A. is almost like enigmatic, like anything can happen because there's so many different cities that you can travel to. It's it's L.A. films are more of a traveling film, whereas New York films feel like centralized Centralized. to where the story is localized. Localized. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But heaven knows what great film. It's a beautiful film, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. fantastic, hilarious film. I've watched it a couple times. <laughs> totally. Start to see the humor. I mean, good movie. time is hilarious uh, too. Oh, good yeah. time. Let's just wrap it up with the yeah. Safety Bros talking. Uncut is go. hilarious. Safety, yeah. I mean, but yes, good time. I mean, <laughs> Robbie P. So all this Benny. to come and say, like you, like you said, uh, with like, you know, them finding Ariel Holmes by just seeing her randomly and like being able to d- determine this whole story from viewing her. Yeah. Robbie Pattinson uh, saw a poster of Ariel Holmes for Heaven Knows What. Yeah. And it's that part where she's like... In the bathtub. In the, uh, or no, she's, no, she's uh, uh, in, in a room. We're in a room, yeah, shooting up. About to shoot up. And it's just like the perp, like that purplish red, blue lighting, and she just looks like very somber, basically like this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> for folks who aren't here, Josh has some strip lightning up on his ceiling, so he's changing the colors. And um, he saw that image... Tracked down where that image came from, contacted the directors, which happened to be the Safety Bros, and was like, I want to work with you. And I hadn't seen the movie. Hadn't I, seen the movie nothing, at all. I just saw the, <laughs> the image. Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, they were working on Uncut Gems, 
But because Robbie was so persistent, they knew he they didn't really have a character for him in Uncut. So they decided to do Good Time and basically write this film for him in a sense. That is awesome. That's And he it's magnificent. It's just such a great film. It's the perfect American film, I would say. Yeah. I mean that's time. the American trilogy right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You think you're better than the different me? levels. <laughs> I am better I than am you. Better. <laughs> no next band man is better than anyone, okay? <laughs> great movie and so quotable as well and very quotable safety bros yes and like again a lot of using these three characters ariel robert pattinson's character connie and then howard ratner they're three very sort of they have villainous personas yeah in them, yeah but they're good they're people. rooting for them yeah and that's i think that that trick that they're able to pull off is really well done mm-hmm. because that is honestly the type of people we exist with because greed drives them to do these things, you know, like right. the obsession of love, the obsession of making money. Like Connie is the perfect American character for that, even though he's played by a fucking Brit. Brit. <laughs> but yeah, I just, those three, they have a way with making a villain seem very personable. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a, amazing i mean you well never mind i was gonna spoil the movie but i won't say anything more about it. just go watch those three so yeah just watch them yeah in order in order yeah um, what about uh this month what have you got on your docket let's let's go to you eric what have you been watching i mean let's get into some of the lynch you've been into maholland drive yeah. oh my god maholland drive was just amazing. such an amazing film <laughs> and i last time i had seen it it was actually like well like like 10 years ago yeah but i knew nothing really of film back then and having you know rewatched it recently about mm-hmm. like maybe three weeks ago Oh my God! It was so. It was just. A, it was beautiful pit, movie. Beautiful pitch, perfect. Yeah. Just these the, the scenes, uh, the editing, the you know the acting was just phenomenal. Of the course, music's great. My favorite part of that movie, of course, is the cowboy. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. you were gonna say the sex scene. Well, <laughs> you dog. That's that's second. That's secondary. No, like the cowboy scene is just my absolute favorite because yeah. it's just Monty Montgomery. Was that good? Yeah, Monty Montgomery. Just so he, from not being an actor, he encapsulated the perfect amount of awkwardness and yeah. just stoicism that apparently it was like impossible for him to remember his line to remember the lines <laughs> yeah. yes so he was literally reading them off of you know big ass poster boards but his monologue is just it's so perfect. disturbing and pierces you so well and i think that adds to the level of it because he's not a good actor he's yeah. delivering them awkwardly but also it there's a hint Delivers of menace it. in it yeah <laughs> a hint of menace yes i love that you see me one more time you did good you see me two more times you did bad. Let's talk about another movie that is like, you know, up front on face value is like a drama sort of thriller movie mystery, but it's still just so hilarious that whole way through. Like Billy Ray, the fact that Billy Ray Cyrus Billy Ray is Cyrus. the man that is <laughs> fucking Justin Theroux's wife. Yeah, he beats his ass. <laughs> I love that part. And then also fucking Angelo's in it. Yeah, Angelo Badalamenti. Um, the goat. And his up. part is hilarious too. <laughs> He's really good at. <laughs> It's not, your film. it's not your film. This is not your film. It's not your film. This is the girl. This is this is the girl. This is the girl. You this is the girl. <laughs> you can pick anybody else that's your choice, but the girl that's not your choice. <laughs> yeah, talk about a movie that really throws you off when you first see it too. Oh, my God. oh totally. The the well the the turnaround towards uh, I guess. I guess towards the climax. Just yeah. Like, I had forgotten about that. So I was like, oh my God. Yeah. It and threw me for a loop. I think speaking to like people. Literally, literally some, a loop. Oh yeah. Some people's uh, criticism of, of Lynch's films being sort of obscure, you know, kind of like untranslatable, but like 
Mulholland really wraps things up for you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like that, but that's the beauty with Lynch too. Like you, when you it, totally. first, it, you need to get all the pieces of the bread to understand what yeah. the fuck's mm-hmm. going on. Um, yeah, great movie. It is, yeah, and that one ties it up perfectly in the end because then you start realizing once he shows everything, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, like I see what's going on. Yeah. Exactly, it's just not told in the way that people are used to in, in narratively. It's not like a yeah. traditional where the story is like this given to you and no, not at all. Exactly, yeah, it's a bit more of a, you know, of a and it really makes you guess that idea of the double identity. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, just every, I mean, double identities run. Throughout Lynch's career, yeah. but. I, I just noticed that actually. That's a, one of the big themes is the, oh yeah, the yeah. duality. Of, Once you watch of the return, exactly you're see that. Which is oh, I'm ex- I'm, I'm excited because hell yeah. After, well, after Mulholland, then I did uh, Blue Velvet, which I think is fa- it's just phenomenal. It's fantastic through and through. <laughs> I was entranced the moment it started, right to the end. It's did movie. you like when you did the chicken dance? I did. It was it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, what she tells him. <laughs> I wonder what sparked him to do that or like write that. You ever see the chicken walk? You ever see the chicken walk? Oh, yeah, the chicken walk. Not even the chicken dance. But one of the greatest villains, honestly, on on uh, Frank on Booth. a movie. Frank yeah. Booth, yeah. I mean, he is just what an interesting God. character. So much like <laughs> um, just Freudian, like oh, yeah, mystery absolutely. behind him. Just off the just, wall, every scene. Yeah, and. You could really tell that he loved playing that character, too. Yeah. I mean, for all of the sort of, you know, like, violence that happens in it, it's it's just so well done, you know? Especially, like, when Kyle's fucking being a little voyeuristic weirdo and peeping through the, the closet. closet. Like, that whole part where she come, where he makes him come out with the knife, and she's yeah. like, take her yeah. clothes off. <laughs> Get naked. Are you a private eye or a creep? Do you like that? <laughs> yeah, and he yes, does. Yes. He ends up yes, liking it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert: it's a almost thirty-year-old movie. So yeah, yeah, I mean, but it's a great film. Yeah. Good neo-noir uh, style of film mm-hmm. that like you don't see too much, and also just you know speaks volumes to Lynch's career and his themes, the themes that he uses. Oh, yeah, the soundtrack especially. Oh, great. the soundtrack too. Great. Did Angela One of the best. do that? Uh, I think yeah, I think he, that's how they he met. Composed of uh, the actual song "Blue Velvet." Oh, yeah, he worked. Right, yeah, he right. did. He did it with Isabella Rossellini. Isabella. That's how they met through Isabella Rossellini. Oh, that's too. right. Yeah, he okay. was like one of the. He wasn't the original guy to do it, and somebody had suggested him, and Lynch was like really apprehensive about it. I see. And uh, went and just like connected with the guy the like immediately, and, and then yeah, totally. then we get the I'm, Twin Peaks soundtracks. I mean, in Mahol and the way that. I love the Angelo score describes the in the bonus yeah. features. Yeah, the the score is amazing in yeah. that too. But in the bonus features, Angelo describes his relationship with Lynch and that it's just so fucking uh, synchronous. Like they are just on the exact same level all the time, and he just paints an image for him in his head, and he just starts forming the keys to it. Like for it. instance, with Twin Peaks, he was just like, "Okay, imagine a girl. For she's Laura's in the theme. woods. Yeah, for Laura's theme, <laughs> David would sit." right over here, right to the right of me, and we would put a little cassette just about over here on this keyboard, just keep it in record and just keep it playing. David would sit here and I'd say, well, what do you see, David? What is, just talk to me. And David would say, okay, Angelo, we're in a dark woods now, and there's a soft wind blowing through some sycamore trees and uh, there's, there's a moon out and there's some animal sounds in the background 
and, and you can hear the hoot of an owl and you're in the dark woods, you know, just, just get me into that beautiful darkness with the soft wind. And I started playing. And David would say, Angelo, that's great. I love that, that's a good mood, but can you play it slower? And I'd say, slower, David? Okay. And I'd go. He says, that's it. That's a good tempo. Just keep it going slow like that. Just keep that going for a while. And in David's mind, you can, you can just see that he was visualizing the description that he envisioned. Then he would say, okay, Angelo, now we gotta make a change because from behind a tree in the back of the woods, there's this very lonely girl. Her name is Laura Palmer and it's very sad, but get something that matches her and and I, and I just segued into this. And he'd say, well, that's it. It's very beautiful. I could see her. And she's walking towards the camera and she's coming closer. Just keep building it. Just keep building it. And she's getting close. Now reach some kind of climax. And I would go, and he said, oh, that's it. Oh, that's so beautiful. Angelo, oh, that's tearing my heart out. I love that. Just keep that going. Now she's starting to leave. So fall down. Keep falling. Keep falling. Keep falling. got up, he gave me a big hug. He said, Angelo, that's Twin Peaks. And you could tell that that like, that's, that's the emotion that's happening through that song. for the song. Yeah. yeah. Like, and for the character. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, he, they got it down to a T. Yeah. I, I knew I, uh, I loved Twin Peaks was during the, I know this is not a film, but Twin Peaks, the episode where, of Cooper's Dream, the mm-hmm. moment uh, the dance of the dream man. Oh yeah, the, let's I rock. Yeah, that was, music is so was, good. That's when so, I would dude. Do. Same because I when I my first go around Twin Peaks, I remember being like, what? I remember texting and being like, dude, the music in Twin Peaks is amazing. Like, what the hell? I uh, I had no idea at that time. Like, uh, Twin Peaks honestly was my introduction to Lynch, and I remember just you know watching the first go at Twin Peaks, being like, this show's funny, it's quirky and like crazy hell yeah and i think by the time that 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 time the return was just coming out yeah because it came out in like 2017 
and yeah i remember getting to the dream episode and, and it just, it ending with the it's smooth ass jazz yeah it was just the dance of the dream it's really I good had, mm-hmm. i had to look it up and i had to, had to download it yeah. right then and there the so, song I, in a uh, firewalk when uh laura's uh having their like drug drug night yeah that song is really good too mm-hmm. but angelo you know like He's just the man's got hot keys <laughs> he really does yeah another sort of red room because that whole room is red the, it's the, the pink room scene. i thought it was red it's it's the, the song is called the pink room was it pink though the color i mean it's reddish it's more of an amber it's more of a red <laughs> whatever yeah um another movie that i saw was let's see <laughs> When you start the sentence in the opening part, sorry. you should just be like, boom, off the dome. You're like, I Sorry, I was trying to figure <laughs> out if I wanted to talk about another one. But another one I saw. Hold on. <laughs> uh, First Reformed. Oh, Ethan okay. Hawke. You just Schroeder. saw that just this year? I No, I, I've seen it before, but uh, I rewatched it for the month of August. Still haven't seen it. It's amazing. Honestly, still watch it, still get chills from it, you know? Yeah. Just this contemplation of our place in the world and, like, what it means, and especially if, like, if there is a God, does he care about what we right. think about our place in the universe? Given the fact that, I mean, the movie's based on um, Ethan Hawke's character, this priest who's like a alcoholic and low, very lonely guy mm-hmm. who meets uh, Amanda Seyfried uh, and her husband. And she wants Ethan Hawke to talk to her husband because he just came out of prison because he's like a, like a, environmental activist who was arrested for some political action and ever since he's gotten out of prison he's been very depressed and sort of like contemplating suicide you know they're about to have a daughter and he says he doesn't want to bring a daughter into the world because the world's going to end basically because of climate Mm. change so ethan talks to him which shakes the very foundation of his faith as a priest after his conversation with this guy and then I guess, well, I don't, I don't know if I should spoil it, but... No, don't. No, I don't know. Basically, he goes through the movie, and it's his test of faith, and also a very it, 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 a looming conversation of like what it means to act in the world mm-hmm. and what we do that for. And, um, you know, it's like a, I, I guess, a softer taxi driver, because mm. it's based on a priest instead of like a veteran, you know? A guy shoots up people? No, but I mean, see, that, that's where they defer in the end. That's why. Yeah. So it, that's why I said a softer. A softer. I, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, it's been on my list. It. You've been recommending it and for, for a while. while. I haven't, I've, I've started and, you know, not enough to see or remember. So. Ethan Hawke is amazing. What's he's on? just such a great actor. He's, a, he's great. He's, in general, he's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Totally. He really had a comeback after, uh, after uh, Sinister, Sinister popped totally. off, or more so The Purge. The Purge, well, the, they yeah, the Purge. almost at the same time, yeah, but they The Purge did, actually, you know, continued well. And uh-huh. Sinister series sucks ass. Sucks ass. I mean, the first one's fine. Peter, the first one's petered fine, out yeah. at number two. Petered totally. out at the last 20 minutes of that movie. And oh, now he's yeah. gotten a good amount. Yeah, he's gotten like some pretty good roles, yeah. I would say, since then. Surprised he's not in a Marvel movie. I'm glad he's not. Me too. <laughs> R.I.P. Chadwick. Um, <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. What else? Um, what else? Eric? Uh, so I do have one. Um, I saw this one actually two days ago. Uh, it's not... Okay, this is kind of a funny suggestion, but it's also... I actually legitimately kind of like this movie. It's called uh, Lakeview Terrace with uh-huh. Samuel Jackson, Patrick Wilson, and Kerry Washington. Uh-huh. I saw a trailer for this movie <laughs> ye- like, pff, like maybe 12 years ago in theaters, uh-huh. but I thought this movie looks really stupid. 
Yeah. But I actually <laughs> really enjoyed it. And it's on Netflix. What is it? A comedy? No, it's a, it's a drama. Oh, I don't know why I said comedy. And it's, uh, it's about <laughs> uh, this, this uh, interracial couple, Patrick Wilson and Kerry Washington, move mm-hmm. into well, Lakeview Terrace right here in L.A. Uh-huh. And they move next to their neighbor, Samuel Jackson. He plays a cop. He's a veteran cop. But he's just really, like, unhinged. Or, like, he just, he's really just, like, uh, has, like, his set of rules. And he yeah. hates, like... And just as the movie goes on, actually, throughout the movie... Uh, by the way, this is directed by the same guy who did Nicolas Cage's uh, Wicker Man. Oh, shit. Okay. But oh, wow. It's, it's much better than that. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you it's much better than the Wicker Man. But because there's like some there's really good themes in the movie. And throughout the, the whole film, there's like the backdrop of a, of a, of a L.A. wildfire going on. Oh, interesting. That pro- progressively gets worse and worse as the relationship between the neighbors gets worse, mm-hmm. which I personally thought was a, fan, a, a nice little touch to it. Because mm-hmm. then towards the end of the movie, the fire is literally creeping up on their neighborhood and they have to escape but at, at that point the, aggre- the aggression has reached the uh the pinnacle and it's it's really well done i would say definitely give it a look okay it's it an hour 30 minutes but it's 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 pretty good it's a, it's quick, a good frankly quick, in my opinion i think an hour 30 minutes the sweet spot solid yeah yeah it's, or a 145 145 I mean two I can I mean I can do them. Two but, I can do. But two fifteen, you're pushing it. Yeah. You're pushing your luck, buddy. Three I have to do two hours? sittings. Yeah. <laughs> Three hours. I mean, speaking kinda... of wildfires, dude, we're engulfed in fire right now. Basically. We are. We're in it clouds of smoke right now. It was now. ashing yesterday like crazy. Like crazy. Mm-hmm. It was a little better today, but I went running and I can just like almost taste that. Folks, the apocalypse. <laughs> it's here. It's been here, man. It's a slow have process fun. for the apocalypse. It doesn't happen overnight. Have fun. Twenty twelve is eight years le- too late. <laughs> yeah. I would say a movie that I've seen that's like Wait, let me go. Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say a movie I've seen that's similar in nature to like it's it's not necessarily a bad movie, but it's just not one that I would have chosen. It's like called it's not like a film film. Yeah. Right? It's called The Ac- Accountant with uh Ben Affleck. Oh do you remember uh, that movie? Yeah, I do. I yeah, do. he's like a autistic yes, assassin. A high functioning yeah. autistic who's also an assassin. <laughs> Um, which I found really what interesting because concept. Ex- that, not only that, but I've noticed that there's a tendency in like TV and movies to make like uh, autistic kids specifically or p- kids with like special needs these like heroes and like badasses as if like, and it almost seems more insulting than it is uh, flattering. Mm. You know, like like oh this special kid is actually a real badass assassin who who <laughs> knows how to use guns you know he's yeah. actually really smart you know wow. shit like that like uh-huh. isn't that show the good doctor the same concept yeah i think he's got he's got he's touched a little bit yeah, and like what is the what is the function of that so you know representation like, man yeah i guess <laughs> representation yeah autistic kids are gonna go out there fucking joining the cia and i want to be, be an assassin <laughs> yeah <laughs> mommy i'm gonna be an assassin uh, but anyway, the f- <laughs> the fighting in it isn't bad. It's very well choreographed for a movie that's kind of yeah. like you know teetering yeah. on the comical. Uh, but Ben Affleck is pretty funny as an autistic guy. I would say he uh, just se- he seems autistic. Already. <laughs> he, that's what I was gonna say. I thought he was playing himself. Yeah, to be honest, he's just like pissed the whole time, like not really talking to. When he talks to them, he's just like, yeah, I don't like you. I don't want to talk to you. I'll kill you if you talk. I wonder to me. what the re- kind of research he did for that role. N- nothing. Yeah, he's he probably, just probably hung out with himself, watched clips of himself, recorded himself kid. throughout the day, and just listened back on it. That's how you talk. That's how you talk. This is how you do it. Good job, Ben. Uh, I kind of think about. I'm uh, trying to think of a shit movie. Kind of funny though that I watched that I kind of liked. 
Uh, I can't think of one. So I'll just I don't think on. we really have. I mean, we saw Romper Stomper, but that's, that's not, not a shit movie, though. Really shitty. Well, that's what I, so let me, I've been on like a skins kind of vibe for yeah, movies right I've now. I've been on a skin vibe. <laughs> well, I have. I want to, my next, the next ones on my list are Made in Britain and yeah. uh, This is England, mm-hmm. which I've seen, but I haven't seen Made in Britain yet. Um, but what inspired that was watching The Green Room, which was amazing. Yes. And Ooh, so yeah. fucking Green Room. Visceral and Jeremy uh, Sonnier. Yep. Yeah. Great film. Kicks ass. Good follow-up to uh, Blue Ruin, actually. But, I mean, and also probably one of the last films for Anton Yelkin. Yeah. His Pretty last tragic. One was, was, was Thoroughbreds after that. Oh, okay. It was, so it was Green that. Room was, sec- was secondary before okay. his, uh, his last one. I mean, Green Room is great, though. Oh, yeah. It's a good send-off for his character because he survives, you know? Yeah. Um, which I guess is a spoiler. But spoiler alert. Patrick Stewart is amazing. Oh, yeah. uh, there's, <laughs> they're all amazing. Beware of the arm scene. <clears throat> I will yeah. just tell you. It's one I of saw the best a cool, uh, a cool uh, like Black Flag, uh, uh, like green room poster. Oh, it's a green room, and it was like a hand, and the hand was chopped up. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> and, but it was in the Black Flag bars. That's sick. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. That's dope. No, it's got a good music. Um, yeah, good acting. Just a very, very anxiety ridden plot line too and for people who don't know what i mean bad situations i mean skinheads yes because the next one we watched was uh romper circumcised men (laughs) (laughs) the next one we watched was romper stomper with kurt russell and i think that's the only russell crowe oh i keep saying (laughs) i keep saying kurt russell yeah kurt russell crowe well he's the russell i like more so he's in my head true um but with kurt i did it again with russell (laughs) crowe yeah have you seen unhinged no. What is the hell is that? <laughs> it's uh, his latest movie. With Russell. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I you know what? That, that is one we, we should, should watch. watch. That looks it. like a I bad movie. I'm looking at the trailer. Movie because that one I remember when the trailers came out oh, it looks looked so hilarious. It's just. It looked really funny. One bad day. You meet a bad guy. You shouldn't have honked at me. You shouldn't have honked at me. Apologize for honking at me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he like walks up to the car. <laughs> bringing up Green Room actually reminded me of the other movie I want to talk about. Uh, well, I, well, after we're done here, but I'm, I'm sure. Have you guys seen uh, The Hunt at all? Or no, Hunt, uh, with Mads. No, this is uh, the the latest one. It's with Betty Gilpin, and it's like oh, she's there, like in the like 16th century garb kind of right. Or like no, that's our, that's uh, Ready or Not. Oh right, The Hunt is it's like the, the political hunt. one where they. It's similar had, had story the, though, right? Yeah, Hunting people. Yeah, yeah, there's a theme of that. That's, that's what around. it's called though, The Hunt. It's called that. I know it's confusing with the one from Mads Mikkelsen, which is a fantastic movie. That's and a oh, that's a beautiful movie. This cool. one is with Betty Gilpin, and it's really good. I have to, I definitely recommend it because the only reason make making Blair. Ah, okay. He's in this one too. <laughs> I feel like it's just playing from your computer. Oh, this is just playing for my computer. Oops. Anyway, <laughs> we, don't we don't have to watch the Unhinged trailer, but what we're looking at is an angry just fat, know, Russell yeah, fat Russell Crowe, which is hilarious. Uh, I don't know what he's... So basically, he just an- starts antagonizing a woman because she accidentally she honked at him. And he gets very angry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he gets more than angry. Why does it, why is this movie? Is this in LA? I wonder. It's in New Orleans. Oh, okay. The big easy. Uh oh. He's sure. road raging. I'm pretty sure he's unhinged. 
The, talk about needing money and just making a movie. He can happen. You don't know where Bad Day is? To anyone. Does he got like a southern accent? Yeah. Like a little southern drawl? I mean, if, the, if they're in New Orleans, that would make sense. <laughs> Watch the trailer, people. Please. It's hilarious. Oh, shit. He's with the cop. Okay, can we, this is another topic I wanted to talk to you about while we're on movies. Is Goddamn trailers just show you the whole fucking movie. Totally. It's like not even... What's the point? What is the point of a trailer now? Yeah. There's no mystery. It's unfortunate because people just they they want to know what they get themselves into before they so uh, much they want to know when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen before they commit to an hour, which is uh, profoundly annoying because Netflix is the worst for them. I think Netflix Netflix, gives you the whole movie, entire cliffhangers, anything you would be basically the best scenes you would want to wait for (laughs) in the movie. Yeah, they're just like here you guys go. Are you interested still? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. Pathetic. I can't stand the trailers now. I used to be excited for them, and now oh, I'm yeah. just I like fucking hate seeing trailers. I mean, there are there are some, of course, of course, some production companies know how to advertise and market their yeah. films and stuff. Like yeah. obviously, A twenty four does a good job at yeah. with their trailers. Yeah. Um, or if it's just a director who is already sort of a visionary, then yeah, it's gonna look good. Mm-hmm. But all this other shit, like Tenet, that movie from Nolan, Christopher Nolan, just looks like the uh, Inception trailer. It does. Yeah. Which I watched recently, too, Inception. And what'd you think? I mean, it's all right. Yeah. It's a comfy movie, I guess, because I've seen it's it so good many way to times. Put it. Comfy movie. Yeah. So it's not as exhilarating as when I when I watch it again, but no. it is a comfy movie to just like, oh, let's sleep. just chill out. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it's about sleep. I think Nolan. A slumberous de- film. Definitely has better movies than Inception. Like Insomnia is. Insomnia is good. Fantastic. I like Insomnia. Not a fan of Memento. Yeah. You've said that before. I don't yeah. know why. This guy's kind of weird with that. I don't like Well, I, I can like see it. that because Memento is. It's a it's an acquired taste because at first I didn't like it. And then the second viewing, of course, after that, I, I was like, oh, okay, I. Yeah, I got more into it, but I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, so maybe I need to revisit. But something about also Nolan, his films. Now, I don't want to say they're predictable, but you kind of know what you're going to get a little bit. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So there, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved his Batman's, but I was also a child when those movies came out. So yeah, of course I have a soft spot for them. Of course, I mean, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. They're still like embedded. Yeah. Again, another one of those quotable films. The Dark Knight, especially. Yeah. It was Ramirez. It was Ramirez. From this height, you ain't gonna kill me. I'm counting on it. (laughs) I'm counting on it. Uh, very funny film, too. Yeah. Very funny film. Right up! <laughs> oh. Right up! You remind, uh, you remind me of the movie. No, why are you coming for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were saying. Sorry. Uh, I, I, I un- <laughs> we got a little unhinged. We got a little unhinged right there. Oh, yeah. I want to quote a little Kurt so Russell Crowe. We'll move away from that. Um, the Game. Oh, the game yeah. Is the Game is a great... Love The Game. Such a good movie. That's yeah. a great quarantine watch. That's a, one of my favorite Finchers. On, yeah. hands down. Another it comfy really film, yeah. I would say. Yeah. But it's so action-packed. But oh, t- I mean... You know what's happening. It's a psychological thriller, for sure. Yeah. But still, like, keeps you on... I mean, it's Fincher's editing, too. Yeah. His style 
always does that with yeah. me. That's another, even though it's like a, it's like a posh uh, millionaire, but it's still very filmed in a gritty so yeah, kind of like way. Totally, yeah, fantastic. And same with like, I mean, all of Fincher's films. I, I he's got enjoyed. that new. Uh, I don't know. Is it a series or a movie coming out on Netflix? Uh, well, he like does Frank or something. Or it's like a black and white. It's like something new. Oh, cool. I don't know. I mean, he. I know he was working on Mindhunter for a little bit, and I, I really like Mindhunter. Um, Mind I've enjoyed break. it a lot. We're not. We're not talking Mind about Mindhunters with uh, Cool uh, LL Cool J mm, and no. Johnny Lee. Mid- no, not that one. <laughs> no, this is a show on okay. Netflix. Never mind. <laughs> a uh, Netflix like, original. Oh, with Val. His Val is in it too. I like that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is it good? No. With it's LL Cool J? It's not a good movie, but I went through a phase well, of, of just watching it a bunch. For real? Mank is what it's called on Netflix. Mank. Follow screenwriter Herman J. Mank- Mankwitz. Tumultuous development on of Orson Welles' iconic masterpiece, Citizen Kane. Oh, interesting. When is that coming out? Uh, this year? October. Oh, okay. Says. Hmm. Huh. Hmm, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Oldman's in it. Amanda Seyfried. Oh, okay. Oh, I watched Mean Girls. Gary Oldman has oh, been yeah, in some did. pretty terrible movies recently. Who? Gary Oldman has been oh, in some yeah. terrible he's movies. Oh, yeah. He's been phoning But he just does in. everything. Yeah, he he's phones He's always been in. one of those actors. He's like yeah. a De Niro now. I yeah. Mean, De Niro really phones it in. Yeah, after the intern, I kind of fell off with it. or whatever. <laughs> I forgot that movie existed. The intern? <laughs> the intern with the Anne Hathaway? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and yes. De Niro? I'm, I'm like cool. 80 years old, but I'm, I'm starting to like no, I'm an old man, but I'm still cool, you know? You How do I work that, Excel? What, that Dirty Grandpa movie, too? Yes. Oh I just think my penis out in front of girls, you know, in New York. Remember we were confusing the... Because there's two... There's two yeah, gra- there's Bad Grandpa and Dirty, dirty grandpa. grandpa. Dirty Grandpa is with De Niro, Zac Efron, and <laughs> yes. Bad Grandpa and Bad is Grandpa is the Johnny Knoxville one, yeah. De Niro. <laughs> Wow, dude! What dirty a, grandpa! What a fall! You go from good hey, fellas. my dad. He's my grandpa. He's kind of dirty. He's kind of dirty, but you know what are you gonna do? He's a funny guy. Yeah. What producers were in that building, in that office, when they shot that movie through? I mean, what did age? What did De Niro's agent tell him? Like, you got to do this film. I got the perfect one for you. You'll really hit the maps again. <laughs> you know, like, I, need, I need something for the youth. I need to be a little fun. It's like Bad Grandpa was such a hit. We gotta, you gotta cash in on that. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. a pornographic taxi driver. <laughs> Well, you don't like these movies? Oh, you haven't seen you haven't seen Taxi Driver? I know huh? I, that is one I you need to put it? on my list. That's you, my October list. You, hey, that'll be on my October list. Do yourself a favor and add, add Casino support. to that list too. And Casino, yeah. Oh, Casino. Dirty Grandpa. We also saw uh, uh, the other day <laughs> two of Scorsese's uh, shorts actually talking about De Niro and Casino and yeah. stuff. Um, one of them is it's what is it? It's not just about it's you, not Murray. Not just about you, Murray. And, and the other one is is uh, uh, what's a nice girl doing in a place like this? Yes, both very well done for his age because yeah. you were saying he was what like twenty two years for, old. At the it's time? not just you, Murray. Yeah, and the budget production for it is like pretty astounding. But you could definitely see where he gets a style for his later films, yeah. especially good films. You can that. really see that. Oh, absolutely. It's not just you, Murray. Yeah. Well, just any of the mob films, especially yeah. when they... It's like it, the narration of the, the story, the breaking of the third wall. Absolutely. Fourth wall. Fourth wall, yeah. Um, And like also just like characters repeating the narration yeah. in real time, you yeah, know? Yeah. The introduction of the friends. Yeah. It's all... Like he has a very singular style. I, I, it's a style I've come to fall in love with. It's just... Yeah. Extremely... It's like... It's, I feel like it doesn't take itself too seriously. No, yeah. absolutely totally. no, That's the good thing about Scorsese yeah. films too. I'm like, just hanging out with don't. my friends. Yeah. But they have this like 
craftsmanship to them still all the way through and even yeah at 20 years old he's making, it's amazing yeah real I'm knack a, for like you were saying storytelling totally yeah and just like i want to see more short films by um big by director by di- big directors because one of the early quarantine watches we did was Eraserhead, going back to lynch yeah. and again you could see all the influences he'll later develop in his films through Eraserhead. Yeah, and if anything, it's probably one of his best, in my opinion. I think it's one of its one of his best. For it's sure. amazing, and like because it's so Lynch, it's like yeah, just, exactly. His man had a story, and a vision, Lynch. and he put it together himself. No outside influence, which you know, the bigger you get, the more influence you kind of have on your film. Yeah. As much as you want to hold on to your art from its original form, mm-hmm. uh, I think Eraserhead kind of was that. It was just all Lynch. It really was. Um, I've also been watching the, cause I got the Blu-ray, um, Oh, not to interrupt, but you should watch the Lynch shorts too. Like the grandmother oh, yeah, and the sorry, alphabet yeah. okay. shorts. That's oh, what we're on shorts. Yeah. Yes. Let me go ahead yeah. and add that to my They're list. Amazing. <laughs> the alphabet one, I think is the one we saw recently. We watched you, both of them cause I, yeah, early quarantine. And you were telling me about the alphabet. Can you explain that one a little bit? Uh, he got the idea cause he heard like his wife at the time, sister, like, saying staying the alphabet in her sleep and he said it sounded really horrific too so he oh just God. wrote a story about that and the movie is really horrific it's scary like it's a pretty frightening film for the imagery that comes out too because it's mm-hmm. such a distorted way it sounds like somebody is babbling about the alphabet in their dreams <laughs> throughout it too but yeah really good film there's also like i think the for me viewing that the concept of language yeah the representation Lynch. of fear of language and how it's like this source of knowledge but also brings on so many like horrific things in your life too yeah. through communication the misinterpretation mm-hmm. of it and exactly everything that encompasses it and you could tell with lynch's stuff he almost like he's not afraid of language but he doesn't say much yeah he's like he just says exactly what he needs to and for some people maybe that's cryptic but he is just saying I mean, exactly he, what he's what he lot, wants what distant. he thinks yeah i mean you know he could be on the spectrum actually I mean, he is like a little kid in a man's body <laughs> <laughs> you always say that, yeah. He really is. I love TM. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was going to say, I, I got the Blu-ray box set of that oh, Shin, Shinya Tsukamoto collection. I mean, hey, that shit rules. That shit is sick, yeah. From Arrow Video, which I was showing you a couple of those oh, yeah, Arrow covers. Video ones. Um, anyway, I, the on my last viewing, it was uh, Tokyo Fist and Bullet Ballet, both films about kind of like existential crisis, especially in like a very... Uh, industrial society you know and then also dealing with like the complete de- demolition of like the body of just the physical representation of the body mm. and um yeah i think they're both so almost similar to the movie we just watched the moment of truth too a little bit in it i mean i i would say in a sense the demolition of body the existentialism kind of totally yeah, yeah yeah and then like the identity crisis yeah. as well definitely just like just updated i guess for a more present age yeah. you know um and Shinya, obviously, he he acts in a lot of his films, edits, directs, writes, uh, works with the same um, uh, musician too, who creates the soundtracks. Which they're like, those films are like industrial symphonies. Mm. They're very well done. And Bullet Ballet being one of my favorites. Yeah, we've had the conversation of I wonder if Lynch would like his films because they are oh, similar. I mean, Shinya is influenced by Lynch. Absolutely. So, yeah. And he, you could tell just with all the machinery, with all the industrial settings yeah. that he puts these people in, like 
it's it's very much uh, the opposite of what we were talking about earlier in terms of characters informing the landscape. Right. This is very much landscape informing upon the characters. Yeah. And just converging on them in a sense. Yeah. But I highly, highly recommend Shinya Tsukamoto, any of his films. Let me but get if, that box set. I, I will after. Actually, I'm just going to give you Tetsuo for October. Oh, yeah, perfect. That, the, that'd be a great horror movie to watch. Iron Man or Bullet Man? Uh, it's Tetsuo the Iron Man. Okay. It's, well, there's three of them. Oh, wait. The there's Tetsuo, Hammer's the Body Hammer, the second one, and then the Bullet, Bullet Man. Man's the third one. Bullet Man was actually the first one I saw. And I remember when I first saw it, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Do you have to see them in order to understand? No, Bullet Man is kind of... I mean, it, it just gives you... If you don't know the general idea of what Tetsuo the Iron Man is, then you might be a little confused. But overall, it's just his own film. Even okay. Body Hammer isn't like a direct sequel in a right. way. Kind of is, but not really. Gotcha. Like Shinya plays the lead character in the Iron Man and in Body Hammer, but he's a completely different person. Interesting. <laughs> Even though they're like sequels. Wow. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend watching anything from him, but Tokyo Fist and Bullet Ballet are amazing. And Tokyo Fist has like a boxer in it Mm -hmm. and some of the scenes where he like beats the shit out of Shinya Tsukamoto for confronting him are done so well (laughs) and very, very comedic. He like blasts the guy through the wall basically with one punch. (laughs) It's hilarious. Hell yeah. But yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Those were probably the best of the August watches, I, I would say. I mean, I, like you said, we should have just been documenting from the. I know because we've watched. Start. It's been a while. So many. So I mean, we were doing film so night. Like, many. Huh? So many. What is that accent? Mine. My own. <laughs> Are you sure? It's my accent. <laughs> um. But yeah, I yeah we'll we'll start doing it now. Yeah, I mean, the quarantine is far from over. Yeah, my daddy, my daddy said do that. We got to stay inside more than ever now because there's a goddamn fire going on. Absolutely. Outside. Yeah. So stay safe out there. It's not not chill. There's fires it in, like, not everywhere. Safe. Have you seen those photos of uh, Oregon? That shit looks crazy. It, it, it all looks crazy. <laughs> it's like hell. It literally. It's like hell. I, saw, I saw a joke on Twitter that people were like, I haven't seen this much sepia since, like, Hollywood did a movie in Latin America or about <laughs> Latin America. Or since Swordfish. Yeah. <laughs> swordfish swordfish there now there's a good bad movie that, that, that would a be a good movie. bad movie i definitely want to watch unhinged though now i know yeah. me too yeah we i'm kind of excited of to watch it i just want to see <laughs> what the hell is going i well, bet how it's can gonna, you drag a movie I out what's the runtime it's on that going to be see? that like his wife died in a car accident and so he gets pissed when he drives around now and it's like trauma <laughs> I, if someone hits him because he he recalls his dead wife i have another recommendation uh that just reminded me actually from, hour and from, a half from the director oh, perfect. Of, of crank <laughs> uh stars oh, crank uh, stars uh nicholas cage and salma blair and it's mm. mommy and daddy oh yeah actually that one's on hulu right I, I think so i i just i found i torrented it online but i enjoyed it it's really well yeah. done that's the one where it's, the virus goes through only and, adults and, and, and it makes adults something? want to kill their kids yes and parents wow nicholas cage in that movie fantastic Recent yeah, movie? This is a uh, 2017, I think. Okay. It's from the it's from the directors of Crank. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just as off Crank. the wall as those movies were, and you got Nick Cage in it, and it's just. I'm not a big fan of Crank, except when he's banging around the racetrack and the horse jumps over there. Oh, <laughs> Do you well, remember that? This, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> this one you'll like. It's 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 really good. Okay. It's, it's definitely worth a watch. <laughs> we saw The Color Out of Space too, but it was kind of a distracting setting. I need to rewatch. Yeah, that I need to rewatch it I as well. Wasn't a fan. Have, you know, it, it didn't pull me in as much as I thought it would. I want to rewatch it again because I yeah. do like Richard Stanley. 
uh, the yeah. director, but and I do have that very intense image of like the woman and her son when they. Oh yeah, that's like one of the best parts. It it really is. Um, but I yeah, I do get time, what you mean. Yeah, see that that's a big problem too. I think yeah. in the setting that we were in, it just like wasn't good enough. No, that's a late night. But I definitely do want to catch it again because it's um, add it to the October pile. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I will actually. There's a lot of horror movies that I can't wait to like oh, start yeah. putting in the list. Cause yeah. I, I, I went through a giallo a little phase uh, early in quarantine, too, and saw a lot of good of those. All the Colors of the Dark was the one oh, that stood up the most. Oh, we saw Tenebrae. Oh, yeah, we saw Tenebrae. Yeah. With the Goblin soundtrack. Totally. The Justice uh-huh. was the Phantoms. Yes. Ooh. Really fucking cool. It's really good. Have you seen Tenebrae? I have not, but oh, I've heard, I've heard watch that it. name many times. It's very, yeah, very Goblin. good film. Yeah. yeah Dario The music Argento. is great. Yeah. Goblin's the best. Yeah, I think I like the music more than I like it in Suspiria, actually. Yeah, I mean yeah. it is really good, yeah. and just like More like eighties funk kind of. Uh huh. I don't know if I, that might have been his first film, Argento's first film. Mm-hmm. But um, the vibe for sure, of the music is like super electro-y. Totally, yeah. very good, mm-hmm. and just like a lot of really interesting shots in that film. Yeah, and the, the beach plot scene is, is sick. The plot is good. The beach scene is one of my favorite things that he's shot. Yes, it's just so weird and just like vile you know it's it's gross <laughs> really unnerving the entire time through absolutely because the more you sit in on the scene the more you find things that you're like what huh <laughs> yeah yeah it gets under your skin a little bit it's really good and i think one of the first films actually to feature a trans woman yeah you were telling me that when we yeah first saw uh in uh in a big production yeah. like that which i thought was really cool and like yeah you know very progressive for his time i would say yeah so i'm gonna add more of those to the list on uh for october Definitely. Not just a week of that. How yeah. fun. It's coming up. Yes, it is, man. Yes, it is. The year is almost over. The year is almost over. And it's been in lockdown half the time. It's been more than half the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> At this point, it's been more than half the time, right? Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> I think it has been, but yeah. Well, March, pretty much. I mean, we only had three, two and a half solid months of. Yeah. Of going out and stuff, like normalcy, I guess. And it just came out of nowhere. It couldn't it have come like at a better bricks. time, I guess. Only Think because, so? I, don't, I mean, this world sucks. We needed something true. to, I just guess, slow like, us down a little bit. Check ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. So, but then again, people are going to look at the fire and then be like, okay, now they're not happening anymore. Going back to what I do. Going yeah. back to trading stocks and oil companies. Ugh, so much has happened this year, too. I mean, we, we can save it for the end of the year yeah, episode, but even definitely. just with like uh, an, an era where you can't go out and do shit, a lot of shit is happening. Yeah, absolutely. Life. You would think shit would t- stop. You would think people could just take a year off. No. no they really not can't. in America. Never. Keep it going. I forgot what country I just saw, but apparently it was corona-free and they were having full-on rave party. Oh, that was in Wuhan. No, no, that was in the... <laughs> I saw that one. That okay. one was crazy. <laughs> yeah, there was. <laughs> they were like at a water park. Yeah, there was so many people today, dude. Travis Scott. Oh my god, Travis Scott. Oh my fucking. He god. fucking released his dumb, which is nothing. A dumb McDonald's burger collab. Absolutely. And Very drove stupid. to the one in Downey and was signing autographs, and then just crowds of people. But crowds of people just handing him shit. <laughs> cereal. No, handing them their masks that you just coughed on, probably. And he's just all, yeah, it's lit. He, yeah. he collaborated with McDonald's. McDonald's for a burger? And it's all of that he did. Like, I mean, it's an all-black burger. <laughs> for a burger? I, I don't believe For BL. It's a lit burger. It's not even a spicy burger. It should have been spicy. It's a lit burger. Yeah. <laughs> it's just on fire as you're eating it. 
Yeah, and it, it was literally just a burger, whatever, like, you know, a McDonald's burger. There was no, like... Yeah, there's nothing special, special about, about it, it at all. It's I mean, a McDonald's burger. I mean, and online... The Shamrock Shake here. No, it ain't no Shamrock <laughs> Shake. And, like, all everywhere online, like, did you cop? Like, who cop the, tra- the cactus Did you shot? cop? And it's like, cop what? Like, a burger? A box? Because this a guy cor- put his name on it? A cardboard box? And I was like, why do people care about this man so much? Ugh. And at this time, like, you know what I need to do in this time of Corona to unite everybody? I need to release a burger, and it's lit. <laughs> That's what's going. That's going to be hot. Let's do it. Jesus, I got the collab. Like what? Maybe huh? there's a free music download. There was not. The that would have been cool too. At least. No, there wasn't. No, McDonald's used to do shit like that. I remember they were like it's ahead so of the stupid. game. Like go online and you can download this shit. Like oh wow, you don't remember that McDonald's was ahead of the curve for the little treats you can get. Yeah, the curve, man. <laughs> they were yeah innovators. I mean, they're collabing with Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack. Ugh. That sucked. Seeing that, uh, that was very depressing. Yeah. Especially given the fact that there's This is like, how people want to spend... This is the yeah. risk they want to put themselves in. This is in. the risk. <laughs> for, for a burger. <laughs> for a burger. They weren't even getting the burger. They just were like, oh my God, Travis. For Scott Pack or whatever they're called. Huh? Scott oh, Pack. Oh, Scott Pack. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So stupid. Oh my God. That's the world we're living in. You know what? That's a movie right there. We're living in a film right now, obviously. Oh, absolutely. We've been uh, we don't know what the ending is. It's very apocryphal. Yeah. Um, election season is a couple election months away. Election season is coming. Who knows what the hell is going to happen with that? It's but, all very depressing. At least we got cinema. And yeah, we have at least endless we have amounts of movies that we can watch and escape this harsh reality, too. Absolutely. Yes. And I think we should end it with that. Uh, actually, okay. I'd say we end it with uh, Happy Birthday to the Big Boy King. Bernie Sanders himself. Oh yeah, happy birthday, big boy king. You uh happy birthday. you started a movement and it has not stopped. And I think you woke up a lot of slumberous. Should we play uh, Steven Crowder's Bernie impression impressions? of him as a, in his honor? I don't want to hurt the ears of our listeners. <laughs> what our ears bullshit. That yeah, that's fine. Have you seen that? I have not seen it. It is the worst. You're for tree. It's Sanders by way of Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, oh Gilbert God. by way of Crowder, Chowder man. Yeah, uh, but yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Bernie! Happy birthday, Bernie! You did it for us, and you're still doing it for us. And keep, I think keep, that's uh, the most important. Don't thing. Don't die. Um, stay alive. Stay alive. Yeah, have fun. Have fun, and uh, yeah. Anything else? No, that was all. Okay, thank you, Eric. I I guess uh, good night. <laughs> yeah, I guess good night. Don't yeah. Okay. Stay cool. Stay cool. Uh, Watch out for them fires because they'll get you. Okay, bye.